Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. We are so thankful that you tuned in to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and I'm the Olathe Campus Pastor for JCI. And this past week, we became one church in two locations. We launched our second campus in Kansas, and we are really looking forward to seeing what uh, is going to happen through that new campus. Uh, this week, we are discussing our most recent message from Easter weekend, 2018. It was entitled, Step Into Life. Pastor Christian, I was reading in an article recently that stated eight out of ten Americans will celebrate Easter this year, and Americans will spend, listen to this, over $18 billion on this holiday alone. Although the majority of Americans will celebrate Easter, the story of Easter may not actually change them in any personal personal way. Um, how has the meaning behind the Easter holiday changed or impacted you? Well, I'm not sure what the rest of Americans spend their money on. Um, our family's about a billion just in my wife and my daughter's outfits oh, for gotcha. Easter. She starts about a month before uh, figuring out what outfit she's going to wear. Um, and, of course, every Easter has to buy a new pair of shoes that she has decided sure. the Sunday after Easter don't fit her anymore. And a lot of times I say stuff like this to just figure out whether or not Danielle even listened to the podcast, because uh, I will get a text if she's listening to this podcast uh, immediately when she hears me talking about her. She doesn't spend a billion, uh, but we we chip into that by buying new clothes. And, you know, growing up, Easter was was always a big deal to me. My grandpa was a pastor for more than 60 years in a little town um, in Maryland, and every year on Easter we would we would go to his house. Uh, so my mom and her two sisters and their families would gather. We'd do Easter egg hunts. Um, you know, the grandkids would get up front and we would, we would sing in front of this little church that, you know, normally probably had 40 to 50 people in it and, and would swell over a hundred on Easter. We'd get our new outfits in flowery colors. I'd have to wear uh, a tie that day. So Easter, you know, Easter's always been about family to me. Easter has always been about, um, celebrating something spiritually that I'd always been told about. But probably recently, Easter has meant a lot more to me because at some point in your faith, you have to look at this stuff like a guy who died raising from the dead and think, did this really happen? And the reality is, if it did, and the historians of Scripture say that it did, I mean, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all writing within a generation of this historical fact, talked about Jesus dying and raising from the dead. Um, Roman historians talked about followers of a man who died, and they claimed rose from the dead. I mean, it wasn't superstition to them. It was real. And at some point, every Christian has to decide, is this real? Like, is this is this a holiday, or is this a supernatural event? And if it's real, right? We showed the picture. You have a picture of you by the tomb that you showed at the Kansas campus. I showed a picture of our tomb, uh, of the tomb at our at our Lee Summit campus. We both had a mock tomb built on the stage behind us that was open and that was empty. If that really happened, then it changes everything. I mean, if Jesus really died and then rose again, he is a supernatural God worth following. And C.S. Lewis says everything hinges on the resurrection. He said Jesus is either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he has to be Lord. He's a liar 
because he said he was going to die and raise again three days later. If it didn't happen, he's a liar, and nothing that Jesus says should be followed if he lied about even one thing. Or he's a lunatic. If he really believed that he would die and raise again, but he didn't, maybe he wasn't a liar, but he was just crazy, which again means nothing he says should be followed. But if he called his shot, if he really said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die, and then three days later, I'm going to raise again from the dead. If he called it and then he did it, he truly is more than human. He truly is supernatural. He truly is God. And everything he says can be trusted, should be followed. And it changes everything about life. So Easter has gone from a little holiday for me, searching for eggs and figuring out which candy is in them with my cousins running around in the Frostburg, Cumberland, Maryland area at my grandpa's church to being the most significant event in the history of the world uh, because only a guy who can call a shot dying and raising again from the dead is worthy of all of my trust and obedience following him. Pastor Christian, you talked about one of the trips uh, um, you took to Israel, specifically your first trip and your desire to see the potential locations that they believe was the open tomb of Jesus. Would you just take a moment and talk about when you entered that garden for the first time and you saw the tomb, uh, what were your emotions? What were what were the thoughts that were going through your head? Because it's a it's a qu- quite an amazing place. Yeah, so I've probably been to the garden tomb now 12, 15, 20 times. Wow. And every time is the same. I mean, you've been there, right? You walk down the little alley and you go through the little gate that they have to buzz you into. And with nervous anticipation, right, you want to look left because as you walk in, it's to the left. They've recently redone the garden. They've got a big kind of pergola hanging so you cannot see the tomb right. when you first walk in again. So it's like the anticipation builds as you go back to where they think Calvary was and you eventually work your way to the tomb. But for me, the emotions um, of that first Easter morning, Right, I can picture in my head, I'm a visual guy, the women walking to the tomb. I can picture Peter and John running and looking inside. There's two locations where they think the tomb might be. The garden tomb sets up to allow you to see what it could have looked like 2,000 years ago. Uh, And peering over that little, you know, the little stairway and seeing that tomb cut into the side of a hill in a garden just like it said it was in the Bible and seeing that open door signifying the empty tomb. Uh, to me, is just it's just the most powerful place in the world. I love Israel, but Israel is not as important to me as a as a as a Christian, as a Judeo Christian follower of of God and Jesus, without the empty tomb. And here's what's interesting about Israel, right? There's two places where they think Jesus may have been buried and risen from the dead. There's no place they think he's still buried. I mean, of all the religions that are over there. And again, he's written into Roman history. You can't deny that he existed. Um, you would think if somebody wanted to disprove Jesus, they'd build a big old tomb. They'd close the door and say, "Here, here's where he's buried. Here's where his body still is. Throw some fake bones in there. There's no place in Israel. They, they don't know exactly where he rose from the dead, but there's no place he's buried, which tells us that it happened. Um, and, and to go there and see that, and every friend, Every family member that I have who has died, who I've gone to their funeral, who I've stood at their graveside, seeing Jesus open grave gives me hope that they are alive on the other side of eternity and I'll, and I'll see them again. Um, it's just one of, my, one of my favorite spots on planet Earth. I just only wish they'd let you go hang out there. I wish you could take a cup of coffee in your Bible, in your journal, 
and just get alone and have your quiet time in there. Uh, I don't even drink coffee, but if they'd let me do that, I'd drink coffee there just to have my quiet time by the tomb. I, I hope that everybody listening today will have some opportunity to go to Israel sometime. It's it's a very powerful moment walking walking into that garden. Um, so in your message, Pastor Christian, you talked about Christians who have crossed over from death to life by choosing to follow Jesus, but sometimes they go back into their tomb of their old life. So so how does this happen, and where does the Bible say that this is what the future church will unfortunately look like? Yeah, so the, I mean, the first church that we see, I mean, we can, we can back up to before the first church, the first followers of Jesus. Uh, we talked about the Apostle Peter. Um, they make bold commitments, um, they make bold statements, and then they get caught up in the weakness of their flesh. And whether it's fear, or whether it's friends, or whether it's habits— whether it's busyness, we kind of fall away a little bit, and then we get a, a spiritual tap on our shoulder that says, you don't have what it takes, you should quit. And the Apostle Peter did that. Uh, Mark did that at one time. Mark, who wrote Peter's story, they both quit because they both thought they were disqualified only to be called back into following Jesus again. We, we talked about Galatians chapter 5 in our Sunday message. The first group of churches that Paul ever started were in the region of Galatia. The first New Testament letter that Paul ever wrote was the letter of Galatians. And Paul basically said, once you begin to follow Jesus, you cross over from death to life. But then some of you have gone back to death. Like, you were running such a good race, he said in Galatians 5, 7. Who cut in on you? Like, what what has allowed you to go back to your old life? And a lot of people, that John twenty John 5, 24, when, when you believe in Jesus, you cross. You do spiritually. I believe with all my heart you do. You cross over from death to life. You you cross over from being judged to allowing your judgment to fall onto Jesus. But if you don't follow, you can find yourself slipping back into old habits where your spiritual decision left the tomb and your baptism stepped outside of the tomb. And, um, you know, maybe at some point you went on a mission trip and you existed. But most of your old life is still kind of lived in the grave of your past. Jesus wants to make all things new, but that hasn't happened yet. And when you read the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, there are seven letters written to the churches of the first century, symbolic of churches in our century. We'll study these. In September this year, we're doing a series called Notifications from Jesus. We're studying the seven letters that Jesus wrote to the churches of Revelation. In almost every one of the churches, he basically said this, y'all have slidden back into your old lives. Uh, one of the churches said, you need to strengthen what remains. Like, you used to really follow and be strong. You used to really love Jesus, but you've kind of slid back into the pattern of your old life. Like, the tomb is open, but it's not empty. You've had the opportunity to step out and follow Jesus, but you're stuck in your past. And I said, I love Easter for two reasons, right? You get to you get an opportunity to tell people the good news of the gospel that they've never heard. But then you get an opportunity for hundreds of Christians who it's the only time they're planning to come to church that year because Jesus has a little bit of them, but not all of them. And you get a chance to call those people back to say, man, you were running a really, a really good race. What happened? Your tomb is open. Let it be empty. Walk out, man. Walk into life. Follow Jesus. So the book of Revelation told us our church would look like it looks today. People will have an open tomb. It should be an empty tomb, but often we kind of we live between our old life and the new life, and Jesus says in the book of Revelation, that's what it looks like, but that's not what it should look like. Um, so come out, strengthen what remains. Come out from among them. Man, be different 
Don't be lukewarm. Have some passion about you. Follow with your real life, not just your spiritual life. That's powerful. So we were talking behind the scenes the other day, and you mentioned that you came across an article that stated that the Catholic faith is going to add a new station or is considering considering, to, it, yeah. considering to add a new station to the cross. How, what does the potential of a new station of the cross have to do with our understanding of how Christianity might be more than we ever thought it was? Yeah, so it's, it's really possible that we have taught a theology that stops short of living outside the tomb, right, of really stepping into life. And the last time we were in Israel, they took us through the stations of the cross. You know, there are seven scriptural stations of the cross. The Catholic Church has some traditions in there. They've actually got 14, but the Catholic tradition and the scriptural traditions end at the exact same place. The scriptural stations of the cross. Station number one, Pilate condemns Jesus to die at the pavement. We've been there. Um, scriptural station number two, Jesus has the cross placed on his back. We've been there. Scriptural station number three, Simon of Cyrene takes the cross when Jesus stumbles. Station four, Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem and says, man, don't weep over me. Weep over people who need me. Station number five, Jesus is stripped of his clothes. Station six, he's nailed to the cross. Station seven or station 14 in the Catholic Church is Jesus is buried in the tomb. And like, it's yeah, over. It's, and it's done. Wow. But that's not the end of the story. Not at all. Like the story of Jesus does not end in the tomb. So they're considering adding an eighth station or a 15th station just feet outside the tomb to say the story ends when he raises again. And I feel like we sometimes get too hung up on Christianity, teaching people to put their trust in Jesus for when they're in the grave rather than for when they're living life. And Christianity is not a, it's not a religion that benefits you most after death. It's a religion that benefits you most in life. And I think if we could just learn to see the story of Jesus not stopping at the tomb, but starting at the tomb and continuing as you step out of the tomb, that maybe it would change the mindset of Christianity that I don't need Jesus for when I die. I need Jesus for when I live. The tomb is open, but it can be empty with the way we live our lives outside of it in pursuit of Jesus. Such a tremendous reminder. So last question today, Pastor Christian, one of the themes throughout the Bible um, can be summed up in three words, and it's the title of our message, Step Into Life. Yet there are individuals who either choose to remain in the tomb or they straddle the threshold of the tomb. That's what I remember about the tomb in, in Israel, that the garden tomb. You have to step, actually step over a large threshold, threshold. You have to actually make a choice to step into the tomb or out of the tomb. Please take a moment to challenge the podcast listeners today. Why is it so important to empty the tomb of our past and step into life, and how can they do that? Well, like you said, one of the major themes of faith— uh, throughout Scripture can be summed up in three words, step into life. It, it's an active deal. Uh, Noah wasn't asked to believe in the fact that an ark could save him. He was asked to build an ark and get in it. Uh, Abraham wasn't asked to believe that God had a land for him. He was asked to step into life and go to that land. Moses was not asked whether... He believed um, with all of his heart that God could lead the people out of Egypt. He was told to step into life and go lead the people out of Egypt. Joshua wasn't asked to accept in his heart that God could conquer the promised land. He was asked to step into the Jordan 
and to go conquer the promised land. David didn't raise his hand and say, I believe that God can use me to kill a giant. David put a rock in a sling and he went and killed the giant. The apostle Peter, Jesus didn't say, do you believe you can walk on water if I call you out? He, he didn't raise his hand and say, yes, I believe that. He stepped out of the boat. He stepped into life. And when you read about Jesus healing people, Jesus rarely looked at people and said, do you believe that you can walk? And they said, yes. And then he left them paralyzed. Like it wasn't a mental transaction with people. It wasn't a, a point of intellectual understanding. It was action. You have to step out. Jesus didn't say, do you believe you can walk? He said, walk, get up, walk. John and Peter, when they went to the temple steps and they healed the man at the gate called beautiful, you know, Peter didn't say, I, you know, Jesus can heal you. Do you believe that? And the man said, yeah. And he said, great, we'll be praying for you. You know, maybe you can come to church next week. He said, do it, get up, walk. So when we see Christianity through the lens of the tomb, yeah, the tomb was open, but for it to be empty, someone had to move. And what we saw at Easter and what we see throughout Scripture is faith is active. Faith is stepping into life. It's getting moving. It's not believing something. It's doing something because of what you believe. Faith is always active. Faith can always be seen. Faith is not a, just a mental decision. It can begin there. But action, it takes action for faith to really come to life. That's that's such a good reminder for us, and perhaps somebody's listening right now, and they're wondering, I I don't know what to do. They're they're static in a decision. They just don't know if they've got what it takes. Remember, faith requires action. It requires movement. So that's that's just a great reminder for us all. Pastor Christian, thanks for another great podcast, and and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. We hope that our conversation today has been valuable and has encouraged you in some way, maybe challenged you in some way. We're excited to catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.